0: This episode is brought to you by C.K. Lin Mindset Coaching for Leaders, Entrepreneurs, and High Achievers. Having a clear mind will empower you to tap into your true potential and achieve extraordinary results with more ease and freedom. If you're ready
1: for a full transformation, visit www.talkwithck.com
0: and apply for a free clarity session today.
2: I'm really excited today to have my teacher, Satya Raja, with me. I met Satya... About 10 years ago, who he is to me, is an embodied teacher. Not only he has a wealth of wisdom, depth of knowledge, all kinds of domain expertise, but he also embodies his teaching from the place of masculinity, spirituality, entrepreneurship, just all kinds of ways to live a fully aligned life, my body home, and spirit. Thank you so much for being on the show, Satya.
1: CK, thank you so much. Bro.
2: So why don't we actually start off by a quote that was quoted in our training. You had said, our biggest wounds are the source of our biggest gifts. If you don't mind walking us back to your origin story, what were your biggest wounds as we were growing up, which mm. in turn became your biggest gift,
1: your biggest superpowers? That would be an amazing start for us. First feeling of... Very out of sorts, not fitting into life. Feeling very alienated, not fitting into the Western culture. You were how old the time? Just, uh, I don't know, right from the beginning. <laughs> Somehow feeling alienated. Very loving family, very loving family. Yet, the schooling, watching TV, these things just felt very unreal to me. I didn't have words for it, it just felt that way. And I think it's the loneliness was my core wound. Mm. not being seen, Mm. wanting to have my parents who were very devoted, hardworking, traditional Indian family, business people, they had their businesses, the highs and lows of all of that and with all the energy it takes to run a home-based businesses all their life, I felt not getting the attention I really wanted. And I was yearning for something deeper. I didn't have words for it, but then I could understand that, that that's what it was now. Then what happened was I came across seeing Kung Fu, with David Carradine and Bruce Lee, which became, which just lit me on fire. And I saw that this temple image, this archetype of a temple, a place where people can come and really dedicate themselves to a lifestyle of empowerment, spiritual order, mastering of self, mastering of relationship with existence, just lit me up and I felt but that was the way I wanted to walk. I just knew that that was my home, even though I knew it's TV and mythic and entertainment. I had a sense that there must be something like this still on the planet. Mm. This quality of depth that was in, expressed through these Eastern wisdoms, these spiritual fables, these metaphorical, allegorical stories that awaken us in ways that elicit wisdom. And so this path of truth-seeking became the fire that was lit. So what were some of the first steps that were pivotal in a way
2: to find your own truth? And I want to preface that question with this. A lot of times we hear people say, follow your bliss, find your truth. <laughs> yes, I definitely want to do that. So love yourself more. Fantastic. I'm yes. totally on board. How the fuck do you do that? Right? <laughs> and I would say that's one of the hardest things to do yeah. in our lifetime, to define your own truth, live your own truth, and then live it fully without pretense or so share with us a little bit of some of the pivotal points that
1: you have. Absolutely. You well, you know, in in some of the great wisdom teachings that I was privy to and, you know, dove into and really studied and, and, and thirsted for, a lot of it points to a state of beingness where one starts to surrender the desire for some type of outcome. And so what I did was I started that being sense And then I also came into this power of the warrior philosophy. The warrior philosophy at its core is is that there's true actions that arise from when one is really centered at the core of their being. And those actions tend to be very resolute, clean, not complicated, simple, and they have a strong effect in life, in reality. So this capacity within us of the warrior I saw as a very valuable piece to cultivate, to awaken. And that warrior, to me, also represented not just finding truth, but living truth, aligned with whatever truth one discovers, right? It's not just about more and more truth, discovering some type of esoteric truth. What about the truth of how aligned am I with my life, with my relationships, with my friends, with myself? It doesn't have to be so extrapolated. You can start with, what you know, how honest am I? Truth doesn't have to be some metaphysical, far-off idea. Right. Some studied. abstract idea. Exactly. How honest am I? How real am I? How much distortion in what I'm saying? How much do I overspeak, underspeak? How much am I expressing too much and I'm letting go of silent power that's within me? Mm. Sometimes we blab too much, sometimes we don't speak our voice enough. To me, the path of the warrior was the path that says uh, find finds the true measure within to make the impact one yeah. has.
2: Find the true measure within to make the impact they have. Say more about that. Elaborate, please.
1: I believe that this core wound that we talked about, for me, was not seeing, being felt and seen. So I've made the rest of my life a dedication to seeing people's core wounds Mm -hmm. and seeing them for their superpowers. So I thrive. I become very excited by life. I feel I'm in my dharma, on my path. When I see people and I see what they're capable of, what -hmm. their mastery is, what their inherent full capacity of fulfillment can be. I see them as they are without any limitation. Mm. And in seeing that, to me, that's an exhilarating path to walk upon. Mm. The past is like a memory and the future is an imagination. Mm. We might as well craft our imagination. How do you discern what's available
2: versus your projection? <laughs> These people. If some people, if you do it in an immature way, then oh, you're not being sympathetic or empathetic to my wounds or my difficulties, whatever. So how do you, in that space, discern?
1: That's a really good question. It's so valuable to have heart connection, to contact someone's heart first. If you're in a position of leadership, guidance, giving reflection in any professional way, then it's important that you set aside your agenda and you feel for, you feel at least at an intent level, what is my How can I be of service to this person's evolution? And you allow the screen within to be blank.
0: Mm.
1: You surrender all the things that you think you need to know. And then Mm. you come into true contact with who's with you. Mm. And you allow the rest of the universe to fade away is what I try to do. Mm. So there's just myself and them, bare naked with truth, in full contact. And I see them. Mm. And what I've come to discover is that the very thing I wanted most to be seen happens to be the gift that I can offer the best. Mm. And so I believe that that is our inherent capacity in every single one of us. Whoever's listening here, whatever you did not get enough of, I know that behind that, and if you haven't discovered it already, most of you, many of you have already discovered that if you give that gift, you transmute it, you alchemize it in consciousness, you stop the endless seeking, as all the great masters have said, they, they all point to this truth that, Excessive seeking always backfires. Mm. It always allows the butterfly to stay one step ahead. of just landing on your shoulder.
2: Mm. Because you're you're moving so much.
1: You're moving. You're always pushing, Mm. exerting. In other words, as my teacher Stewie, he said to me once, he says, struggle is effort laced with negative emotion. Mm. So action is required, but it doesn't have to be filled with heroics. Mm. It doesn't have to be filled with valiant energies of victory over woe. Mm. It doesn't have to be inspired by feats of revenge or one-upmanship or, or any of this. It's pure, clean action
2: born from the center of spirit within. So actually on that note, one of the common response that a lot of people who are listening to this or wondering should they, should they not do meditation Their concern is I don't want to dull my edge
1: It's a real thing It's a a real concern Yes, your edge will dull Yeah. Okay, so say more about that Whatever edge you think is going to get dull Is going to get dull Mm. So if you think it's the crush it, thrive Keep making it Bust all walls down until you attain your goal Without no quarter Then it's a very powerful energy to cultivate In one's life, I believe Mm -hmm. That do or die There is no back door. I succeed in spite of my fear. I think this is a very powerful mindset to develop as well as an attitude, especially earlier on in life. Mm -hmm. If we don't have that, we haven't cultivated earlier on in life. Somehow we feel we haven't fulfilled that, make it by our own brow energy. Mm -hmm. So that particular aspect within us, I think it's very good to exercise it in healthy ways, Mm -hmm. in ways that are symbiotically balanced. That are in good relationship with your family, your health, your time management, your time with nature and existence. Because if it becomes too extreme, all the great wisdom teachings always share that there's some type of balancing force that occurs when one is excessively yang towards any outcome. It's, I believe inherent already within us this knowingness.
0: Mm.
1: You know, our life is a reflection of the degree of our equilibrium or out of kilterness. Mm. And the thing about the beauty of life to me, the joy of life, it's like one of these, a circus act where there's these sticks and poles with the spinning plates on top. And you've got to go around and spin all the plates. If you lose attention on the ones on the end, they'll start wobbling too mm. much and eventually fall. And you see the more artistry and humor and joy. One can turn it into just spinning plates into an incredible act mm. that inspires awe. Mm. The aspects of life are upon us. We can make art out of it, mm. or we can struggle and run around. And, and struggling happens when we don't pay attention and keep moving through the plates of life and mm. touch them with the essence, with just enough force, not too much. Right. And touch them just in the right amount of order mm. and ultimately becomes effortless. Mm. So this is not a, a binary thing. It's a lifelong cultivation. There's no arrival at mastery. Mm. There's no arrival at integration. Integration is a way of life. Mm. Awakening is a way of life. Mm. Action is a way of life. When we realize there's a, another fallacy within our consciousness, it's a trick. It's a trick in consciousness. And that trick is some would call the masculine consciousness or the striving consciousness or the attainment consciousness that believes that sooner or later when I achieve X, Y, and Z that I will be finally free. And I will arrive. I'll have arrived. And then I can finally do what I want to do, have the time with my family, have the time to meditate, have the time to do the deeper explorations in being.
0: Mm.
1: When in fact, those are the hilarious things that you need to do now to generate the time. It's Mm. absolutely ass backwards. We must be the freedom first to transmit and generate experiences of freedom. Mm. The freedom that's won will be lost. Mm. The only thing it'll awakened within us temporarily is the highs and lows of some valiant win, some picking ourselves up from the bottom and the units of life force that extreme uh, gives us until it's no longer needed until we realize I'm playing this game I don't have to be stuck in this antagonistic duality of mm. success and loss
2: Yeah, One of the biggest takeaway from the five day training that we had here was the importance of integration because as you said Often, on so the roller coaster of life, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows is when we get the most juice, the most biggest lessons. But in reality, you don't need to wait until you hit those maximum points or minimum points. And it's in the moment when you spin the plate to create that dynamic balance and to truly integrate so you can actually operate from a space of equanimity.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: So I really, really appreciate that because in my mind, even though intellectually understood, I actually didn't have the actual processes. I mean, other than meditation, but that takes a long time and it yes. sometimes comes, doesn't always come, or oh, ayahuasca ceremony, and it I can't be in ayahuasca ceremonies every day, so how do you actually concretize <laughs> that and actually make it accessible yeah. every day?
1: Well, this is what we've been diving into for the last few days. Mm. And this body of work that was crafted by many great teachers of mine, from Shivrat to Yogeshwar Muni, Charles Berner, and other mentors and systems and philosophies and consciousness raising methods we've assembled and we've crafted in a way that are easily accessible and duplicatable and can enter our way of beingness. And for me, it's the, uh, the living of these principles is the real testimony of can we be the demonstration of our own values, virtues, and wholeness? It's not about following anything other than the imprint of your highest right now. And so that's what we've been focusing on accessing. Mm. And developing our ability to go into it over and over into these higher states of consciousness. If you will, modes of turbo psycho-spiritual meditative absorption take us into high states from our very problems. To me, it's a path. It's a very simple path. Where we use the things that are antagonistic in life to bring us enlightenment. And enlightenment to me means ultimately going from struggle into silent power and then flowing with reality in a very easeful and joyful and ecstatic way.
2: Mm. So, for you, would the benchmark, a Embody Master, be under any circumstances embody the joy and aliveness?
1: Not necessarily. It's Not necessarily. very unique. It's absolutely unique. Okay. It's absolutely signature and unique.
2: Say more about that, please.
1: We have individuals you've seen here that when they start letting go and integrate their greatest fears, the obstacles that are holding them back from the action that they need to take forth in the world, whatever psycho-spiritual obstacle and how it's transformed in like minutes, right? You see, they might be even more exuberant. Mm. They might be more angry. Mm. They might have been repressed in their anger. Mm. They might feel, what are we doing to the children? What are we doing to the forest? And their true anger, the rage that's coming from their heart might come forth and it might bubble it over and be strong but after a while it'll become even more powerful and it'll turn into a gift through strong evoking evocative communication that penetrates the stiffness and the numbness of people's hearts and souls
2: i see so the self-expression may be different based on the individual so absolutely in, in your case you have that warrior the way of being somebody else may be joyous and absolutely. somebody else may be you know whatever absolutely bitter and angry in a way that awakens people
1: absolutely our personality structure I feel is either for us or against us and all the layers and all the angles and directions of the multiplicity of identities we carry forth animating our true self through the identities of I'm worthy I'm not worthy father do you love me father I'm lovable Mother, I'm leave me alone. Mother, I can do it on my own. All these particular identities, but even though we're carrying around and we bring them out and we're living through them with our uh, bosses, our children, our colleagues, our friends, our educators, ourselves. It's a madhouse. <laughs> it's a madhouse of identities. But when we come to ourself, which is the essential perennial wisdom, no one can own that. No one can trademark that. No one can have any magic, magical formula to that. What we do have is a capacity to come into union with the truth of ourselves quickly now, rapidly. Where right? I believe... Uh,
2: what are some of the benchmarks of, hey, I've touched a moment of myself, my own truth?
1: Well, in the Zen traditions, and we carry that forth in one of our Kensho processes, Kensho meaning from the Zen tradition of self-inquiry through contemplations, taking on inquiring life parables, if you will. What is the meaning of life? Who am I? What am I? What is another... So there's many of them, but those are essential life questions that many of us have. When you take on the question, who am I, one of the essential realizations is that one is the self. I am me, but it's not an idea. It doesn't come with any, here's what I am and here's what my career is, here's what my job is, here is my roles in life. It's something that is prior and post and transcendent to any roles, any relationships, any juxtapositions any vias any sense is any spiritual extrapolations any dimensions any fairies any goddesses any gods any cleopatras any of that it is what the greats have talked about that cannot be spoken about but what it is to me is absolutely real and that's one of the foundational things to get is who am i and when you get that then whatever work you're doing if you're a carpenter you'll be a greater carpenter If you're a mother, you'll be a greater mother. You'll be more in the driver's seat of your life. You're not going to be acting out of identities. You're going to be acting out and you'll be able to be more empowered in your choice. To me, those are the foundational kenshos. It's not a permanent state of awakening. There are dips into the, the absolute of self. And then we can build on that by having that flavor, that vibration, that taste of truth. But we build on that. If we realize I am me, then stop living like you're somebody else. That's how you live that in life. Stop trying to live someone else's dream of you, society's dream of you, your wife, your husband's dream, your expectations of anyone else. What is my expectation of myself? Mm -hmm. That is the power of who am I. In the moment rather than from my previous past or
2: inherited from my
1: parents. From my new state of knowing who I am, unqualified, bare against existence. So that's the who am I experience. And then these can expand and mature. What am I can be very multidimensional and very cosmic in certain ways. These experiences aren't the truth itself. They're experiences. The actual, those are the terms that we use are always limited. We all know this. But if we were to play with language for artistry's sake, as poets do, then we can say that what am I can be expressed as the everything and nothingness. Some point out we're everything and some point out we're nothing. and Some will get that they're everything nothingness is and some people will get the nothing of everythingness. And then this is where all the language and duality all falls away and then there just becomes truth itself. Mm -hmm. And when others have touched that nectar and you've touched that nectar, there's a tacit knowing Mm -hmm. you can be in contact with that truth that goes beyond. So there's
2: a lot of directions we can go, but let's actually talk a little bit about identifying other Because you had talked about your superpower's ability to see people, individuals for who they can be, right? Their gift. Uh, Their Their gift gift to give. And I will also say one of your superpower as well as your experience is to be able to identify a fellow embodied teacher. So what are some of the um, ways or benchmark or how do you know you actually have met another master? (laughs)
1: Look at everyone in the eyes that you see for the next, you know, like month and just see them as a master. Mm.
2: I see, so don't limit them for whatever their identity may be, just see them as a master we
1: are masters at play now Mm. the world needs us to all be masters at play I believe Mm. you are a master at your craft Mm. I have only just started knowing the touch of you I heard yesterday that you're an exemplary dancer, I had no idea (laughs) you have never mentioned that to me so here is a whole domain of your beauty that I have not even touched one day, I look forward to seeing right? (laughs) So I think it's a very good thing. You know, my teacher said to me, my martial art teacher years ago, he said, Satya, it's better to be humble all the time mm. than to be humiliated all at once. Mm. I think it's good to learn. Absorb what's useful, mm. discard what's not. But then you've got also be discerning. In this day and age where bling is confused or can be confused as depth mm. or sing song and dance and can be detraction and distraction and illusion and delusion from the embodiment of living truth mm. it's very captivating and seductive, the things on the path of growth.
2: Let's jam on that for a moment because you're a teacher, part of one assume a way to, actually, let me ask you instead of assuming, right? As a teacher, how would you like to measure or discern the impact you make in the world? Or do you even care
1: about that? Oh, boy. <laughs> Why that reaction? Is that our curiosity? We've been here together, and I'm remembering we had people from 25 years mm. that have known me and mm. worked with me and been my family and friends, mm. from everyone brand new to different generations. Mm. So I was struck by that in this moment you said
0: because
1: mm. I was feeling what's the impact, mm. and quite frankly, it's like I like to keep my nose to the ground mm. and keep like stepping forward. Mm. It's very easy to, I know my personality. Mm -hmm. I know my personality. I have a strong personality, alpha, energetic, and whatever predilections I have. Today I just saw, what's the human design that says I'm a manifester?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Which is, so I think the shadow side of that is what I've lived through in my life, which is the shadow of sex, power, and money Mm -hmm. within all of us. Mm -hmm. So I'm a practitioner first and foremost. To me, there's only being a practitioner. Mm. And I think we're all students and teachers. Mm. I think every one of us to flush out what you just said. So I'm open to everyone, and I also love to study for people. And I've never found anyone perfect, and I've never found anyone absolutely well. There are a few who are absolutely dastardly, but most people are a combination of fucked up and brilliant. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the discernment is is to absorb what's useful, add it to my repertoire. If I see aspects. Teachers that are don't match me anymore. I look for it within myself. I try to clean that up. I've had to, and I keep doing so. And I, I don't think there's any arrival. You know, the I Ching was a very powerful teaching for me. The book of changes from the Chinese philosophy. One of the hexagrams points to the fact that the superior man, woman, even if they go to the heights of their own power—a ruler, a king, a CEO, a leader of a company, the leader of their own business, leader of their family, whatever—that it's very easy to get deluded by your own self-knowledge, by your own wisdom that you've come to, by your own knowledge, by your own success. Become deluded. You believe your own bullshit in other words. I think it's valuable to have other peers who can, real way, keep you in a powerful Sangha community where someone can say, these are your gifts, my brother, my sister, my friend, and this is perhaps the shadows to be aware of that I see in you, and that we'd listen to that, With authenticity, we'll take it in and we continue to hone ourselves, a consciousness dojo. Mm -hmm. It's not about neurotically Mm self-improving. It has to be constantly this forwarding action also has to be sourced in everything is perfect, which is always the paradox. Mm -hmm. So rather than fight the paradox of being or doing, we can become active in the spectrum of the same thing. Mm. To me, it's the same. There's no separation between being and doing.
2: So the origin of my question of even mentioning all of that, the benchmarking, the impact of measurement and all these other things is one may say, hey, my impact in the world, in order to make the impact I want to make in the world, let me play these games of marketing and make the blings Mm -hmm. such that they become my students. And then once I hook them with what they want, then I'll give them what they need.
1: Yes, there's valid truth in all of that. And you're going What's to be a point of view. On this? You're going to attract the people that are moved by that. Mm. And if you want people who are moved by that, those are the type of people. Got it. You're going to get. Got it. You know, the game of snakes and ladders. No it's a childhood game of snakes and ladders. Mm. Your role, there's ladders and snakes that take you up to another level. And then if you hit one of the snakes, it may take you down again. So, a bunch of people are playing to get all the way to the end, mm-hmm. and then there's snakes and ladders along the way. And in mm-hmm. a way, the growth is like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You go up, you make a fall, you, you learn again, you go up. I think it's not linear. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very holistic lifetime approach. Yeah. And we were talking about, what was the point on this again? Impact.
2: So right. Do you measure it, and do you use techniques, tactics, yeah. even though it so, may be inauthentic? We view, were
1: talking about right. marketing, right? Mm-hmm. So. For me, the first thing to cultivate is congruency with how one lives their life. Mm-hmm. He's a beautiful, strong warrior sage man. Memnon is a brother, and he has a very strong Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Memnon Huzan. And someone asked him, Memnon, will you put these other podcasts, will you do these shares more? And he says, my weapon is not my words, my weapon is how I live my life. Hmm. The way we can live our life, if we know that we inside ourselves are congruent with our own innermost truth, then that settling within ourselves allows us to have less the desire to project images, mm-hmm. evocative or provocative or seductive images.
2: There's no need for that.
1: What happens is our true self fills the screen with who we are. Mm. We fill the room with who we are, but not with our identities. Mm. We fill our communication channels with who we are. Mm. We go away from contrivance and formulation and move deeper into contact from self to others. Mm. To me, the term God is plural mm. and singular. It's the multiplicity of all of us combined as well as the singularity of the unity of the oneness. Mm. And so, like the word team, is singular and plural. Mm. I believe all of us together, we are one and we are plural and many Mm. and so we can hold that unity of these seeming opposites we can hold that together as a joyful of course we've been don't have to fight this seeming opposites when we can embrace it then then from there what happens is we can make an impact that goes deeper into people's souls and hearts it Mm. impacts them deeper than just the superficial layers of the mind or brain or their aversion or attraction um imprints Mm. we start speaking we start moving beyond that and we start touching their soul touching their being and to do that we have to be touched with our being speaking to their being directly Mm. and i think then what i find is the architecture the models of how the communication flow happens Mm. becomes very unique and artistic unto oneself Mm. and starts to flourish and move then you find your cadence of delivery, you find your nuance of choice of topic. You mature with the movement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The main thing, but you've got to keep acting. If you're always trying to line up the ducks, perennial wisdom would say they'll keep always moving out of order. That's
2: right. You'll always be waiting. <laughs> Change your subject a little bit. So there are different technologies out there, right? In your training you share with me some really powerful methodologies to integrate clarities, etc. Negative charges. There are also these plant medicines. Are you open yes. to talk about that? Absolutely. Okay, cool. So in what situations do you use one, plant medicine or other plant medicines versus mm-hmm. some other ones? Because you have this vast set of tools that you at your disposal.
1: Whenever I have people for a longer period of time, mm-hmm. then, and they're committed to a longer-term program of transformation and up-leveling, whatever they wish, mm-hmm. transformation, then I'll bring in plant medicines in the context of a greater whole of practices. Mm. I have found that plant medicines on their own, of course, can be very valuable and transformative in the context of pre- and post-work and then continuing to integrate the life lessons, which can be many coming out of a a ceremony into these beautiful dimensions in consciousness. Mm -hmm. Profound. Also, the camaraderie, the holding of a collective container of other heart-connected individuals that are growing together and continuing practices, a dojo. meaning So in that context, I find that then the plant medicine goes beyond a healer, therapeutic, transformational type of starting point, if you will, and then starts to become a personal trainer. Mm. Then you take on the goddess existence. Mm. However, your anthropomorphization or how you see that reality show up then becomes a training ground for the warrior sage within you Mm -hmm. then you go in like neo into this world where you're developing can i go across that from jump from this building to the other building like neo Mm -hmm. doubts himself in this world Mm -hmm. but he goes into that alternate reality to drill his faith his belief his inner consciousness development and i believe that's what we can do ultimately with these medicines Mm -hmm. that they can go beyond just as remedies and move into profound, exquisite training dojos for us who are in leadership positions, those of us who have done a lot of inner work for themselves. Now, in context, utilizing these accelerated evolution methods, I like to use those to eliminate the psychological, emotional barriers that people have before they go into plant medicine journeys.
2: The obvious ones.
1: The obvious ones. Yeah. The most ones that are most triggering, the ones that are on the surface, The ones that people know of. Mm -mm. The medicine was within their realm of awareness. Exactly. And then by taking them through those, there becomes our harmonious field of being that starts to grow in oneself. The Mm. charges now become opportunities. Mm. They become potential. Mm. They become choiceful, choice potentizers. Mm. Right? It's the calling back of the lost units of attention Mm. to recapitulate the energy, to pull back from where you have hooks. Mm. the Hawaiians call this the aka cords, Mm. where are you having attachments that are leaking your life force Mm. some would call it vampiric energy sucking you, Mm. where have you got some unconscious game or arrangement of disempowering yourself while you're empowering some type of entity, Mm. some would call it lost aspects of my soul, Mm. and that there's fragmented aspects of the soul within consciousness, within spheres of infinite reality. Mm-hmm. And then we need to look for how come we have, and calling our soul back into full union with all our parts so will become an integrated a whole. Mm-hmm. So this is what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. And now I believe we have the power in our hands to do this in a very rapid way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as you've experienced. Mm-hmm. To me, it's extremely rapid, very deep, and one can self-administer. Mm-hmm. So this is my personal mission, is mm-hmm. to empower us as leaders to, be able to have these self-administering as well as very rapid ways of transforming groups that we're working with.
2: Hundred percent. So I'm a technologist. Okay. I have a little more affinity towards technology. And obviously, as a tool maker, as a technology maker, I know also know that I become keenly aware of the limitation of the tools that we have. So such that not everything is a nail if I just have a hammer, right? So. Within that, these spiritual technologies, which is short-term, that yes. shorthand that, are very, really powerful. And there's also limitations to it because it requires, right now, physical contact. a still facilitator to deliver such transformation, such benefits to a group of people, yes. etc. But there are other technologies like artificial intelligence or uh, machine learning type things or yes. software, internet. As an example. Yes. Possibly as a way to multiply the number of people you can impact, yes. but maybe not at the depth of a skill facilitator. Yes. So I'm curious to know as this is your mission yes. to make an impact in the world, to alleviate people of suffering, negative charges, etc. What is your thought about using some of these technologies, uh, machine learning and all these other things, as a way
1: to deliver more breath but yes. maybe impact? I'm all for it. Okay. I'm all for it. I'm like one hundred and ten percent all for it. Okay. Timothy Leary, I was influenced by his writings. And Timothy Leary shared in in some way that we're continuously moving more to a technological world. I mean the wheel was a technology. <laughs> it's a technology. And of course we've advanced far more than the wheel, but that's a advanced technology before there was a wheel. Same as a stone was a technology when we all we knew was our hands. And so now we have this incredible leap computer science and all that means and all of this, we're still just out of the gates. Timothy spoke about if our body minds, if and the way I sort of took it is is if we're spirit as an example, divine individuals with choice, then even our body minds are technology. Biological technology for sure. But nonetheless technology Do we evolution? So yeah. rather than resist technological change, rather than think, oh that's technological and against the path of nature. What if technology is the outgrowing, continuous, what we call electrical or chemical or mechanical or computer or artificial, whatever, right? These, what we call, can be attributed as non-organic worlds. What if those are also extensions of consciousness? Mm. So I believe that we are continuously evolving as being, which has the capacity to experience itself through infinite forms of vias. Some being the eyes, the senses, the touch, taste. And now they'll be subtler and subtler and subtler and subtler. So I'm all for technology. I feel what's also valuable with technology of all the great wisdoms point to and all the, from Oppenheimer to Einstein, they've all shared that we must continue to create our technology and keep the flame of wisdom strong because the legend of Atlantis, whether it's real or not, the legend is is that it fell from its grace because the technology advanced further than the wisdom and the love and the unity. That's the possibility that we are also in the same place.
2: Mm-hmm. We make what we are. One of the TransTech leaders, founder, said, we make what we are. So if we are not as conscious or aware, then there's ramifications. Times a hundred, times ten thousand, times a million, times a billion.
1: Our ability to destroy the world is magnified greatly as leaders. And our ability to create magnificence is magnified, manifold right now. Mm
0: -hmm. Right?
1: To me, I believe, I wish in my heart that all leaders, anyone who's in any business position, who, who has the joy of creation, any artist, the realm of helping others come together and have more wholesome lives, I wish for us at this stage to be fully on the bandwagon with that and enlighten ourselves don't say we're all this. get to the point where our enlightened brings us together in a unified action I feel that that's what is really masterful creation we can do we can go from individual success to a collective success not because we're left wing oriented because we're just adventurers of spirit because it's ecstatic and it feels to do so and we can no. now and the awakening of consciousness, to me, the awakening of our the main areas to focus on for me as a leader that I've seen the most valuable right now is the awakening of our power to illuminate and to awaken any egoic threads of power within us and transmute it until we are exuding and living from enlightened power. Mm. And then the, do the same with our sexual energy and power, which is... The source of our creative life force mm. that we, we see, we see the darkness of trapped, repressed, distorted sexual energy all across media. Mm. Some ways it's very good this is happening so that we can see that shadow side that's lurking mm. within us. So we can blame and point fingers, but at the same time, let's clean up those propensities within us. So I feel that when we awaken these aspects within us, our sexual power, but enlighten it, connect it to our heart, our soul, our ecstasy, our divine connection, then this force that can go sideways and can topple us can also be very very beneficial for the creative fullness of reality right now. Mm. And then there's the flow of exchange. We call money now, but it's really the relationship of exchange, Mm. which I'm saying is money, but really for me, it's the honoring of what I am, who I am, what I have to cultivate and give to the world, and how I share that honoring with you. How do we do that in an honorable, noble way that's sourced and grounded in the symbiotic relationship that this planet, that earth plane is designed for, not away from our symbiotic nature, that our system's personal governance of our exchange mechanisms from old paradigms to new, going from fiat money currency systems all the way into cryptocurrency and new forms of relationships of exchange relationships of sovereignty and how we as sovereign beings can create not just functional worlds but ecstatic noble camelot realities i believe that's what we're at the cusp of and that's the ultimate invitation
2: i know that one of your intentions is a way to focus your energy because you can do a million different things and what you do as a creative genius that you are one of your key focus area is empowerment of bringing that conscious leadership into being yes right focus on conscious organizations i actually don't know exact the phrase that you use transcendent leadership transcendent leadership thank you so one why that yes why leaders versus a billion commoners that's it so one two how do you do that for organizations
1: my dharma is to take those who are already making an impact, dial them up, shore them up, get them strong, pull out the weeds, clean up the internal sphere, find out their sword. What is their sword? What is their weaponry? Sharpen the sword. Train them in some new moves and get them back out on the planet. You're Morpheus. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Everyone has their own system and thing to offer. Mm. You understand? That's what. So warrior sages, by their nature, we're not clickers or followers we have developed ourselves and we have one foot in the metaphysical one foot in this real world so it's transcendent to me means as a leader above and beyond the ordinary above and beyond the normal paradigm going beyond and transcendent leadership for me is and i don't want to get too holier than now but i feel it's the salvation of this planet i believe that we as leaders In front of us, right, like you, right, me, whoever's listening right now, you've got how many people behind you that you're making an impact in, who's listening to you right now? How you live your life is making an impact to those people. They're being influenced right now. Right now, everyone, how I'm living my life is impacting how my children live, what they think, how my daughter thinks a man should be, not be, my son, how a good man should be, a father should be or not. Doesn't matter what I've taught my kids is what I've realized. Adults now, it doesn't matter what the hell I've taught them, what philosophy I have. They don't care about any of that shit. They don't care about any of my stuff. My kids don't listen to me. They don't care about anything I say. They don't think I have any... They don't listen to any of my talks, my lectures, my podcasts. They don't give a shit.
0: <laughs> the only thing... <laughs> oh,
1: my man. wife doesn't care for it at all either. I got you. Yeah. All right, they don't care for it. But now, how I live my life, mm. that's what they look at. Yeah, that speaks louder than anything else. And now they're coming back now, and I'm not hearing it from them directly. I'll hear it from a friend of theirs, a friend of a friend, of how they spoke about their father, they spoke about their mother, and some lesson that we had shared or some life experience. And I didn't even know that they would even said that about us. Mm. They would never say it to my face, or maybe just don't think about it. How many life lessons have you and I had? Fathers and mothers have given us, mm. moment to moment, mm. our teachers, our influences. So we are beings of influence. And right now, influence, it needs to be 100%, not 99%. Mm. Enlightened leadership, transcendent leadership, to me means awakening these potentialities, coming into our vision and highest power. So it's activating what is the power within us. And power is what is our deepest why, our vision, our mission. This is perennial wisdom. This is not new. Activating our heart. What do we love most? How can we generate the most love in our life? Treating love as a value, as a way of life. Freedom, creating freedom for ourselves and others. True freedom, freedom from the constraints of life. Flow, where are we as leaders stumbling, bumbling, dropping up and down, hitting resistances, exasperated, putting out fires all the time. These are charges within ourselves Mm -hmm. that need to be looked at, addressed and integrated Mm -hmm. to bring flow back into our life. And then wisdom, making sure we're surrounding ourselves with conscious, activated peers, ones who are supporting their own and your sovereignty and are healthy and honest and clear reflections and co-coaches arising together. I believe when we have power, love, freedom, flow, and wisdom, and we attend to these plates, if you will, in consciousness, within ourselves, and we we make it as a path to cultivate, then what starts to happen is there's a quickening that happens. Mm. There's a whole physical, mental, emotional, spiritual quickening when we attend to these foundational aspects of our being, Mm -hmm. these laws. Mm -hmm. And our gravitas grows in the world. And as leaders, Mm -hmm. that's how we make the greatest impact now, is we grow our gravitas. Mm -hmm. And that can't be done from the surface. Mm -hmm. Anything tactical you can
2: share with your listeners, how can grow their gravitas? Any tactical disciplines that one can
1: take on to grow one's gravitas? Feel into a goal that you want as a leader, what you want to manifest in the world that you wish to bring forth. So if anyone would like to do this, you can do it with me or I right? will do it. So as a leader within you, what is something truly in your heart that you wish to bring forth? That's emerging in you. What do you want to bring forth and make happen? When you have something just declared into the space, you can do it too if you like. You declare that into the space. Now notice that's an identity you have. You're in an identity. What's the identity? For me, it's one who makes impact. That's the identity I'm in right now. What's your identity? In that identity, there's a goal to that identity. What's the goal of this identity to make an impact?
2: To empower everyone to live a best life they can.
1: Okay, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mine is to see points of light awakening like a grid around the planet. Is mm-hmm. the visual I got. Okay, so let's fulfill that goal. Whatever yours is at home listening, fulfill that goal. See, imagine that goal of this identity is absolutely realized and attained. See if you can go into that and embody that 100%, 99% won't cut it. And when you're there, give an acknowledgement and rest and stabilize in this state of consciousness. Now, what identity do you find yourself in now? So you'll find yourself in a new identity. What identity do you find yourself in? i am in the one who's fulfilled in mission. An example of what's possible. Very good. My friend at home, what identity are you in? Or jogging, or in the car, or wherever you are. What identity are you in? And what's the ultimate goal of this identity? For me, being the fulfilled one, the ultimate goal is to rest. Rest in knowing that everything is in order. What's yours? For me, is to be a positive catalyst
2: to heaven on earth.
1: Hmm. Whatever yours is, all of us, let's fulfill that all together. Wherever we are in time, space, and location, let's all fulfill this goal together. Whatever your individual goal of this identity is, when you're there stabilizing this, Goal being fulfilled. 98%, 99 won't cut it. You gotta go there. Generate it 100%. How would you breathe? How would you live? How would you stay in that stage of beingness? What identity are you in now? I'm just in myself, my essence. Same here. Expand this state of being in all directions. This is gravitas. Mm. This is depth of being. You can allow yourself to let this exude in all directions. And if you will, visualize, see, feel however you go into this your highest seed as a leader is the gift you have to bring right now Mm -hmm. from this place what's the action to move forward one action declare that, just take a moment and declare that in honesty and know that what you say if you can make your word law then you'll have gong, the big cosmic gong that will reverberate through existence make your word law what do you declare to do to act from this place of leadership? I declare I continue this path of the warrior sage. Hmm. I
2: declare to be this way with everyone that I meet, especially with the podcast
1: guests. And friend at home, what do you declare? Wherever we are in time and space, let's all celebrate each other. This is happening to people in all places right now. Hmm. And join in the etheric, in the place where... We cheer each other on in our noble passions and missions. Aho.
2: Aho. I acknowledge you, Satyan, for your presence, for your wisdom, for the depth of who you are, for all the beautiful teachings from all different kinds of domains and you were able to share with us so generously For the people who listen to this. I acknowledge you. Thank you. For those of you listening, really dive into Satyan's words, his energy, and the way that he communicates his mastery. He's a transformational artist in the best case, a master. So listen to this a few times and uh, let us know what impact it's made on you, your way of being, your discipline, and your mastery. Have a beautiful rest of the day, guys.
0: Thank you.